Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Jeremy, one of the pastors here at Shelter Cove, and I'd love to hear where you're joining us from today. Let us know in the chat. I pray that God's word today will encourage and inspire your heart in a powerful way. If you have your Bibles, meet me in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to be today as we continue our series on the journey. Now, we're really on a journey in so many different areas of our lives, but the journey we're talking about is this whole journey of generosity. How do we manage God's finances well? How do we look at God's resources uh, from an eternal perspective? And at the end of the day, how are we generous like God himself? And I just want to set up the heart of this series. The heart of this series is not what I want from you, but what I want for you. I want you to experience the joy and the blessing from putting God first and being a generous person. This isn't coming from a a point of fear where we're fearful about our budget, our finances. We're actually in a, a great, healthy place as a church. And so this is what I want from you. It's about what I want for you. And the reality is this is key to discipleship. This is so key to to being an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, which is why Jesus talked about money and possessions and finances so many times in the Gospels. The Bible has over 2,000 verses about this topic. And so we just want to talk about this in a way, again, that I believe will encourage and inspire your heart. So many churches avoid this topic because they're afraid of offending people. A lot of churches talk about it out of a, a point of desperation. Uh, Today, once again, uh, I'm all about your heart. So Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6 is where we're going to be. Last week, we talked about the fact that, hey, God owns it all. It all belongs to him. And because of that, we're his managers and how we manage matters. The week before is putting God first, how God deserves our first and our best Because he's God. Now today, again, we're looking at the heart. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5 and 6. And for some of you, these verses are very familiar. And I believe that God may uh, inspire us with new insights where we never see these verses the same. And this is what Solomon says. Solomon, of course, was uh, one of the wisest men that we know in the Bible. He asked God for, for one thing. When God says, I'll give you whatever you want, he asked for wisdom. And God gave him that, but he also gave him riches because he asked for wisdom. This is what it says. Verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 3. Solomon writes, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Circle all, underline heart in your Bible. He says, And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And then he goes on and says this. Don't miss this. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. To fear God and to turn away evil is refreshing and it's healing. And then he says this. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Again, that's the verse we read a couple weeks ago. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart is key to the journey of generosity. 
Heavenly Father, God, we love you. I pray for my friends joining us online. I pray that you would inspire our hearts, challenge our hearts, redirect our hearts wherever it's necessary because we just want to be like Jesus. So God, would you have your way in our lives today? We love you. We desire you. We definitely need you. God, I pray for your help that you would take over my mouth, my mind, my heart, and that you would clearly and passionately proclaim your message. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, absolutely uh, love that passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is so important because if we're not careful, even as followers of Jesus Christ, we can know that's what the Bible says. But our trust ultimately often is not in God, but it's in our finances. Our security often is not in God, it's in our finances. Like the foundation for our life, our stability is not in God, it's in our finances. And so my prayer for you today, my encouragement for you today, my hope for you today is that you would truly put your trust in God with not just some of your heart, but with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so today, as we unfold this passage, we're going to see that the Bible says so much about the heart and how it relates to generosity. And so four points, how generosity impacts the heart. Point number one is simply this, generosity reveals the heart. Generosity reveals the heart. And if there's one person we see this from, we see this from the heart of God. God is the most generous one there ever has been or ever will be. And what's the motivation for his generosity? It's love. It's love. Because you can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. Somebody write that in the chat for me. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And we see in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I love that. Why did God give his one and only son? His motivation was love because generosity reveals the heart. And boy, if you are newer to Christianity and still discovering who God is, my greatest hope for you today is that you would know that God is for you, that you would know that God loves you, that despite your past, despite your sin, your mistakes, that God sent Jesus Christ to do what we couldn't do ourselves, to deal with the sin issue in our lives. And what did Jesus do? He went to the cross and he died for our sins, and he resurrected from the grave, conquering sin, conquering death so that we can have new life. That's my greatest prayer for you today is that you put your faith and your hope and your life in the hands of Jesus. Why? Because generosity reveals the heart. We see the heart of God through Jesus Christ, but we also see the heart uh, of some individuals in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 1, uh, Luke is going to write uh, about a scenario, a situation where, where Jesus is at. And this is what it says. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Again, the point is that generosity reveals the heart. Now, here's what we see in this passage that Jesus observes. He observes not just the amount that we give, but more importantly, the heart that we give it with. 
Here's these guys that, that are giving. They're, they're rich and they're giving out of their abundance and who knows how much they're given. But then there's this, this poor widow. Now, this isn't any kind of widow. This is a poor widow. What does that mean? That means that widows had a hard enough time making it and just surviving and getting food and bread to live on. But she was poor. In fact, it says that she only had two, uh, two small copper coins. She gave all that she had, which financially was so much less than the rich. But what does Jesus say? Don't miss this. He says that she gave more. Why? Because Jesus is looking at her heart. Jesus is, is looking at her faith. And this gives us so much hope and really allows us to focus on what's so important. Jesus is not focused on the amount that we give. He's focused on the heart in which we give it with. That we are giving with love. That we are giving with faith. This widow Boys, a reminder that, that all of us have enough to give. All, all of us can give something. If she only had two pennies and she gave both of them to Jesus and Jesus said she gave more, it gives all of us hope, which means we should be, not be concerned about the amount that we're giving, but the heart in which we're giving it with. Also, it doesn't excuse any of us from, from giving, all of us have the opportunity to give. Now, some of us might be thinking, man, I, I just don't have any money left in the bank account. Boy, if, if that's the case for some of us, we may need to eliminate our cable. We may need to cut back on eating out. We may not need to cut back on coffees. We may need to develop a whatever it takes attitude. Why? Because generosity reveals the heart. And here's a woman that was all about honoring God through her possessions and her money. First thing is that God sees our hearts because why? Generosity reveals the heart. Second point I want us to see, somebody write this in the note, is that generosity, it, it captures the heart. Generosity captures the heart. You know, I'll never forget when I uh, met Kelly for the first time. We were at a college party and I saw her walk by and I'm like, wow, she, she is pretty. She is beautiful. She's amazing. It, she captured my heart. Well, you know what else captures our hearts is generosity. Generosity has a way of moving our hearts closer to God. The, the more we want to be like Jesus, as we find that we're generous, it captures our hearts. Why? Because Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. And then he says this in verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. This is a profound point. Jesus says, you know what, if you want your heart to be in a certain place, it's going to follow what you treasure. It's going to follow what you value. It's going to follow what's important to you. I mean, this, this is so true. This is such an important point because where we put our money eventually has our hearts. We see this with vehicles. I remember I used to have an old clunker vehicle and I remember one time being at a red light, I got rear-ended a little bit and the car was only worth a couple hundred dollars. So I told the lady, hey, don't even worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Why? Because it wasn't something I treasured. Then I got a newer car and because there was so much more treasure associated to it, it's like one of my kids walked by, rubbed up against it. I'm like looking for, you know, a little bit of a, a scratch or anything like that because of the simple reality what we treasure will eventually have our 
hearts. I think a lot of times people will say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait until my heart is in the right place. I'm going to wait till my heart is in the right place to, to give to God, to, to, you know, be the spouse that God wants me to be, to pray, to read my Bible. And I would, I would lovingly challenge you with a different mindset. I would lovingly challenge you to do the right thing out of obedience knowing that what you treasure, your heart will follow. Because we obey for several different reasons. A little sidetrack just for a second. We obey, first of all, out of love. Second of all, because it's the right thing to do out of duty. Thirdly, out of respect. And fourthly, out of fear. They're all biblical. But I think sometimes we wait for our heart to be in the right place when actually when we do the right thing and we treasure things, our heart will follow. Let me just give you some examples for a moment. For some people, they say, I don't want to pray until my heart's in the right place. Well, I would lovingly challenge you to pray and watch how God changes your heart. Make a commitment to pray every day. If you have this person that you're frustrated or bitter with, make a commitment to pray for them every day and watch how God changes your heart. You say, you know what, I don't really want to read the Bible because my heart's not really in it. I would say make a commitment to read the Bible on a regular basis and watch how God gives you this hunger for the word of God, your, your spouse. You're not feeling the love right now. By the way, love is so much more of a commitment than a feeling, all right? But you're not, you're not feeling it and you're saying, I, I'm gonna wait until I start feeling the love till I you know, just treasure my spouse. No, I would say treasure your spouse. You speak kind words, you do chores for them, you pray for your spouse, you serve your spouse on a regular basis because you say, I'm gonna treasure my spouse and you watch what God does on a regular basis. Why? Because what you treasure, your heart will eventually follow. It's the same with generosity. When we give to God, what happens? Our hearts are drawn closer to God. Please don't miss this. It's not about money. It's all about the heart. I mean, God does not need your money. If you check his uh, checking account, he's doing just fine, right? But he wants your heart. He wants it all. He wants your time. He wants your talents. He wants your treasures. And the reality is, is that generosity, it captures our hearts. So the first thing that we see is that generosity, boy, it reveals, it exposes our hearts. Second of all, generosity, it, it captures our hearts. Thirdly, the third thing that I want us to see today is that generosity, this is good, generosity changes the heart. Generosity changes the heart. And we see this over in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, the church is just growing like crazy. All the believers are of one heart, one mind. They're listening to the apostles' teaching. It wasn't this religion where it was all about the outside. It was about this relationship with Jesus Christ where Jesus is changing them from the inside out. And they just wanted to live radically for Jesus Christ. And you've got these people that are selling their fields. They're bringing all of the proceeds to the apostles. The apostles are distributing to those, to, to people that are in need. Great ministries taking place. People are coming to know Jesus, getting baptized by the thousands. It is absolutely awesome. But there's this guy whose name is Joseph. And his, his life is radically changed by generosity. And this is what it says in verse 34 of chapter 4 of Acts. It says, There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds 
of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed as any had need. I love this. You've got Christians that are so on fire. They're saying, you know what? There's these houses, these fields, they're only temporary. We want to invest in what's an eternal, and they're laying the money at the apostles' feet after they're selling their land in these houses. And then it talks about this guy named Joseph. It says, thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I love this. Here's a guy named Joseph. And the, the apostles call him Barnabas, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Now, why is this so important? You know, I, I often thought, you know, Barnabas, son of encouragement, that must mean he must be going around getting people fired up, telling them, hey, you're awesome, you're amazing, God's got a great plan for your life. He is speaking words of encouragement, but it doesn't say he said anything. Here's a guy that got this brand new name. Why? Because he was generous. Why? Because generosity... It literally changes the heart. Now, now if we're not careful, uh, we can fall into the trap of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Right after this happens, you have this other couple, Ananias and Sapphira, that go out and they sell their property. And what do they do? They, Ananias brings the amount, tells his wife, hey, we're going to keep a little bit to ourselves and we're going to pretend like we're giving everything to the Lord. They lay it at the apostles' feet. Peter says, hey, Ananias, was this the whole amount? He lies, says yes, and he's struck down dead. His wife, Ananias, later comes over, not knowing what happened to her husband. Peter asks her the same question. Hey, was this the full amount? She lies as well because they had kept some back for themselves. And she's struck dead as well. Why? There was this appearance of giving it all, but lying and holding some back for oneself. And that's where greed can get in the way of, of so many of our lives if we're not careful. But the key is that generosity changes the heart. You know, uh, 21 years ago was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. I married my wife, Kelly. Uh, she has not killed me yet, which is an answer to prayer. Uh, we love each other deeply. And I gotta tell you, friends, my, my life has changed. Um, I am a different person than I was 21 years ago. And, and that's happened in so many different ways. I feel like I'm, I'm a lot more easygoing. Um, but here's why. Because at the end of the day, Kelly has my heart. I, I love my wife so much. And one of the ways, just one way that this has changed is I, I grew up without animals. We didn't have any dogs. We didn't have any cats. We didn't have any pet coyotes or turtles, which would be weird if we had a pet coyote, right? Just keeping it real. We didn't have any of those animals. And yet my, my wife grew up with, with all kinds of animals. She had a pet possum when she was a kid. Yeah, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? She had dogs all the time. But when we got married, it was normal for her family to have dogs. So eventually we ended up getting a dog. Now we've got two dogs right now. And uh, I went from like not really wanting to be around dogs to petting dogs to having dogs like be on our couch. They sleep in our bed. They're just a part of our life. And why have I changed? There's one simple reason. My wife has my heart. And what's important to Kelly is important to me. I was at my mother-in-law's house about a week ago 
And she opened the door and her dog came out and I started petting her dog and she looked at me and she said, Jeremy, you've, you've changed. And the reason why I've changed is because Kelly has my heart. What's important to Kelly is important to me. And the same is with us. When God has our hearts, he changes us from the inside out. We want to be generous because God is generous. And we see this in, in Barnabas, who got a brand new name. But we see this in our own lives. We go from being selfish people to sacrificial people. We get, go from being focused on ourselves to being focused on others. It, it changes us from the inside out, where it's not about the stuff of this world. It's about the things of the kingdom. It's not about how much money we can get. It's about how much money we can give. It's not about us being blessed. It's about others being blessed. It's not about us being number one. It's about God being number one. Why? Because generosity changes the heart. See, not only does generosity reveal the heart and capture the heart and change the heart, the fourth thing that I want us to see is generosity guards the heart. It guards the heart. In fact, Proverbs 4, 23, Solomon said, Above all else, guard your heart. Paul said to Timothy, a young guy in, in the pastoral training, he, he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into a ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and it is through its craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I love this. A couple things. Paul says here that we need to clarify. Number one, there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. What does he say here? He says that those who desire to be rich... Because you can't have this passion and desire to be rich and generous at the same time. He says that that focus allows people to plunge people into ruin and destruction. And then he doesn't talk about money. He talks about the love of money. And he calls this, these, because of these cravings, people have wandered away from the faith. See, what does generosity do? Guards our hearts guards our hearts from greed. It guards our hearts from coveting and wanting what other people have. And what generosity does is instead, hey, instead of wanting this for myself, I, I want you to have it. My, my daughter, Hallie, she's 11. Um, absolutely love her. And she's got one of the most generous hearts I know. In fact, she will often have people over to the house or she'll bring gifts to, to the church. And she doesn't go out and buy those. She finds things in her room that she knows people will like, and she'll sometimes wrap them up and she'll give them out. Sometimes it's a doll, like a Barbie doll that I got her like the week before for her birthday. It's like, try not to be offended, right? But here's what I love. I love Holly's heart. I love her heart. I care so much more about her heart than her stuff. And when I see her being generous, what does it do? It, it guards her heart. See, please don't miss this. Generosity is all about the heart. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. My prayer for you and my prayer for myself moving forward is that we would be people whose security, stability is not in money, but it's in Christ. And that's why generosity is so important. Generosity, it reveals the heart. 
Generosity captures the heart. Generosity changes the heart. But lastly, generosity guards the heart. And I want to get really practical just for a moment. We are a church that's all about reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. Uh, my prayer is that, that you would walk with Christ in a real, tangible way. And one of the great ways to, to be able to do this is to really join the journey of generosity. And that's what I want to invite you to do, is to join the journey of generosity. If you're not already giving regularly and consistently to God through Shelter Cove, I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you're here in Modesto, maybe you're out of state, um, whatever it is. Um, I just want to encourage you to join this journey because here's the reality. 48% of people that attend a church, uh, national average, 48%, um, give absolutely nothing to God through the church. Just nothing. And, and we've seen today that generosity is all about the heart. So you can hop online, sheltercovelive.com. Up at the top, there's this tab that says, uh, join the journey. And I want to encourage you to, to put God first to see God as the owner, you as the manager, and have a heart that's truly generous through giving to God regularly and consistently. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, to, to put aside uh, an amount of money each week as, as he has prospered. In other words, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. Now, the, the, the key is a commitment to give consistently. Now, this could be every week. It could be every other week. It could be monthly as, as you do your bills. But I would encourage you to start somewhere. What's the amount? Ask God. Ask God. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Paul says that each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I would say decide in your heart, ask God. If you have no idea where to start, maybe you start at $20 a week and say, God, for the first time in my life, I, I wanna start being generous. I wanna join this journey of generosity. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, there's a lot of great places to be generous. Um, does that mean that, that I only give to the church? No, I, I, generosity is a lifestyle. I think that the place to start is, is the church. Uh, and we see this in the book of Acts. We see this in the early church. What happened in Acts chapter 2, what happened in Acts chapter 4, is that the people would bring their, their offerings, they would sell stuff, and they would lay it at the apostles' feet and trust the leadership to distribute the funds accordingly. And so I believe that the, the local church is God's plan A to reach the world for Christ. Now, there's a lot of other great organizations after that. You can pray and, and do as the Lord uh, prompts your heart, but I believe that the starting point is for the, the local church. Now, some of you might, may say, well, um, what if I don't agree with how the church is spending money? Um, I want to lovingly encourage and challenge you to be at a church, a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church, where you trust how the leadership is managing God's resources. Um, because I think a lot of times we use that as a cop-out for, for not giving. And so whatever that means, whatever that looks like, if you need to find a new church and you're, you're still looking, of course, I'd love to have you uh, be a regular participant here at Shelter Cove. But the key is you, you, you need a church where you trust the stewardship of the finances. Because I think there's a lot of people, if we're not careful, that hold their, their gifts and their offerings then their ties back because they're like, I don't like the worship or I don't like this pastor or I don't like this, this decision or I don't like the way the coffee 
tastes. And I would say that's a direct reflection of the attitude of your heart. There's never going to be a perfect church. But again, I believe that we are called to steward God's resources in a God-honoring way. And I want to invite you wherever you are to join this journey of generosity. Now, for some of you, maybe you're already on the journey and you've been giving on a regular basis. What would it look like for you to take that next step in the journey of generosity? And, and, and instead of asking the question, how much do I, I give? Ask, how much do you want me to keep so I can give away the rest? Hey, I am so stoked that you're a part of today's message. Again, this isn't about the money. It's about the heart. God does not need your money. He's got it all. He wants your heart. He wants your money. Why? Because he wants everything. He wants your time. He wants your talents. He wants your treasure. He wants your mindset. He wants your thinking. He wants to be your priority. He wants it all. Why? Because he gave it all for us. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we trust you. And for those that are struggling with this journey of generosity, God, I, I pray that we would truly be able to trust you with all of our heart, knowing that you're going to direct our paths. God, we love you. We need you. We want to be faithful to you. At the end of the day, we want to have hearts that are ultimately after Jesus. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Again, that link is sheltercovelive.com. Join the journey. I want you to be a part of what God is doing right here at Shelter Cove. And with that said, let's continue to worship Jesus together.